0: It's the True Penny Show, with your host, James True Penny.
1: Hello, and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny, this is my show. Today, as promised, we are looking at Glate Megaver... or Megaver, I suppose, which way you want to put it? One of the biggest shows Glate has ever done at Rayogoku Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Big crowd to watch a big, big card. And it had everything on offer that Glate has to offer. Pro Wrestling, Joshi puroresu Perarasu, shoot fighting, big names and mixed martial arts. And to discuss today is my Glate correspondent, Mr B- uh, Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are we doing, sir?
2: Doing good. Glad we uh glad we got to make it. I almost didn't make it today, uh because of the weather, but um yeah, I'll be remiss if I missed, well, I guess we can call Glee's, uh, Gleet's uh, Mania, if you will, you mm, know, indeed, yes. or that, yeah. or that SummerSlam, something close to it. But uh, yeah, this was, uh, everything's been built into this in a way, um, and it, it was a hell of a show, and uh, it's only right that I'm here, but it's, it's, it's a big show. And uh, even though me and James have, you know, picked up, you know, a lot of lows with the shows in terms of doing them two, three at a time, we kind of needed some assistance for this
1: Indeed, we do. There are things that we do not know everything about on this show. So we needed an MMA expert. And we went to our MMA expert, Mr. Matt Roberts of the Random Wrestling Review. How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. Girl, that's very, very kind of you. Uh, MMA expert. I will I will gladly take that. Very, very kind. Um, and uh, do you know what I, I must say I was I've done a couple of shows, you know, like this with you before, and every time I do a great show, it, I always do enjoy it because it is genuinely such a breath of fresh air compared to some of the other stuff that I watch. And <laughs> I, I, I won't say some of the other shows that I've seen this week, but let me tell you, this really did make it make the week. go a lot easier. So very, you know, I'm really grateful. So thank you in advance.
1: That's no problem at all. So we are very happy to have you join us as always. Um... Glate Megaver, like we said, Rei Guku, Sumo Hall, the home of Sumo in Japan, and also big main event level matches for New Japan Pro Wrestling, NOAH and All Japan. This was Glate's first trip to Sumo Hall, and they started with a dark match. Now, what we're going to do this is, me and Marcus are going to discuss things first, then Matt's going to add some stuff afterwards, basically because there's a lot of undercurrent stuff that's happened since Matt last watched a Glate show. <laughs> If our our explanation comes first, he's got a chance of understanding what the hell's gone on. Um, So, JD Lee of South Korea joined Yuya Susumu, who is a newish, great freelancer that they've been using, to tag against Yan's family. Uh, Masato Kamino coming back for the first time in a couple of months to tag with Yusuke Kadama, our favourite creep. Um... (laughs) Uh, in a dark match to start the show off, this was just kind of your usual Gleet opening tag fun. What did you think of this one, Marcus?
2: Yeah, as usual, you know, Gleet always gives us a fun opener. Keeps it, you know, primarily on 10 minutes. You know, gives us uh, four, four very interesting competitors. Obviously, Yarn's family, as we've been talking about, uh, consistently has been building. Uh, particularly the rise of one uh, Kadama. Uh but they did not come out on the, the winning side tonight and uh, I mean on this show and I was uh, mildly surprised but sometimes and that's a good thing about you get some some names you're not familiar with or some you know fresh faces and they come in there and they get the upset and that's kinda of what happened there.
1: This is how <laughs> fresh JD Lee is. He doesn't even have a cage match page. Yeah. <laughs> that will tell you how fresh he is. We know nothing about him. He has just come in. And he was very good. I really enjoyed his work. Uh, Masato Kamino, nice to see him back. And Yusuke Kodama, who we have been singing the praises of for the last few months, just because his character works awesome, turns out he's a really good grappler as well. Who knew? (laughs) And uh, Matt, you had not come across Jan's family. This is Takanori Ito's kind of heel um, unit in Glate. Um, you will see um, they managed to recruit Onetskaya by kidnapping him, and then applying some Stockholm syndrome uh, <laughs> over a couple of months. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's now now he's the living example of um, Nose I looked like a convert uh, about Jan's family, as you probably noticed. Like what the hell is he doing with that headband? Uh, what did you think of this one, Matt? Um,
0: do you know this?
1: This you know you're, you're both right. This was a good little opener. Um,
0: and the, the one thing that that did sort of surprise me, you know, sort of early on, just out, sort of outside of the match, it is just looking at the crowd. Obviously, at this point, um, it was very empty, and it did make me laugh because it is very much like your typical MMA sort of show that you get for the crowd, like the very very early prelims you'll virtually get nobody in the audience maybe a handful of people and then just as the car progresses you just see the crowd fill up so that that did make me chuckle because that obviously seems to be the same here but um and I'm also glad that you said that jd lee is brand new because for me he was probably the guy that stuck out the most um and i probably found most impressive um in this match i mean he's got athleticism for days that you know he's he really looks like a potentially really great prospect. You know, he threw some like really good like martial arts kicks in there. Obviously he's quite the high flyer, you know, flying all over the place. So, you know, if he's new, JD Lee is somebody I'd be having my eye on.
1: I agree. I mean I think the thing is when you've got guys who've come in from different wrestling cultures, because obviously is not the same as Japan and we there's a Chinese fighter on this card that we'll talk about later as well. Uh, who's been doing like a bit of a a residency for Glate as of late. Um, And it is nice to see somebody come in with kind of a different attitude. It's obviously massively influenced by Japanese wrestling because those are the biggest companies in the market. Um, And obviously, you know, you tend to be drawn to the people that look like you, for instance, is one of the reasons why they are the biggest draws in the market. But he certainly has something about him that's just a bit different and a bit out of the ordinary that's not just down to his... um, nationality. And it's also the thing is, one thing you have to remember is the biggest star in Japanese wrestling history, Ricky Dozan, was also Korean. Um, not that he told anyone because no. <laughs> Back then being Korean in Japan, not great. Still not great now, but clearly times have moved on and people are much more accepting than they used to be. Um, but yeah, this was this was Really cool, and some really cool double team spots as well. Kind of one of the hallmarks of Glate, even tag teams that don't work together very often are still like, you know, well-connected. Um So yeah, this guy has got something going on with him and I hope we see more of him. Um, and yeah, takes the win there with a uh, shooting star press, which is again, something we don't see in Glate very often because we got some aerialists, but shooting star press is not really their thing. So yeah, really cool opening match. Then it the show, uh, well. really good little finish. Yeah. Then the show itself started properly. We didn't have the usual big entrance of the whole um, crew because this show tends to be a little bit out of the storyline um, because of the way it works. Um, so we went straight into the great MMA stuff. Neo defeated Maya Fikuda in one minute and 45 seconds of the second round. Um, this was a kickboxing rules match,es for the Mitre rules, I think, um, and a, we Fukuda was probably the most talented of the mixed martial artists on the Great roster. Um, as she proved in the last time outing that we that she had, because you know she won that fight, and she didn't win this particular fight. However, um, she did show an awful lot of courage and. The kind of fighting spirit you expect from somebody in this particular position, and but she was clearly having trouble by going a class above where she was from the previous fight, and it just seemed to be exhaustion. Um, what did you think of this one, Marcus?
2: I was hurt a little bit, but I, um, you know, because was, you know, uh, a very big champion of her. So. Love seeing her rise throughout this whole this glee evolution and uh, her evolution as a part of it. But I understood it, you know. That first round, you know, uh, you know, very much felt like she was getting the legs up on her and and kind of trying to dictate the pace. And they was very much finding the groove she wanted to get in, and um, got to that later in that round. It feels like the crew was kind of getting gassed and it was trying to. Very much keep distance with the kick as opposed to Nail, who was setting up her offense with the kick and then throwing more, more strikes up top and, you know, more jabs and hooks, what have you. And uh, it just came down to exhaustion, you know, Nail just, you know, she was, she was built for it and uh, she kind of just wore down. I kind of wish Makuta would have threw more shots. Um, with the hands, mm-hmm. I almost feel like if I wonder if this would have been like you said, it was always a, a step up in, in the class, so but I do wonder if this would have been a UWF if if Fukuda would have been in a different gear because she usually throws more strikes with her hands, but you know, here it just it, it came down to exhaustion and she was you know wobbly leg by the time the things ended, and uh, yeah, she's she's always you know, she's got the heart. You know, I had to worry about the hardwood help, but this was uh, she couldn't. She could go the distance with this one, but it was still good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a much more enjoyable match from the great MMA stuff we've seen previously, um, which shows you the standard has improved for the fighters that are involved. Um, but I think as well, like her momentum kind of slowed down because she now you've got a thumb in the eye. And that kind of slowed Hercuda down as far as, like, because she was kind of pushing forward at the time and everything kind of some came to a stop. And I don't think she seemed to recover after that. Are we right, Matt? Because we don't know what we're talking about. What do you think?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, I, I agree with a lot of stuff you're saying. I mean, one thing that, that I'd be interested in finding out first, you, you guys may know over me, um, is Neil a veteran by any chance? Is she a newbie or is she a veteran? Do we know? Um,
1: she, there was some information
0: on Sherdog, I think. I'd be interested to. Know, I, I'd be. I'd like to say. I bet, and she's probably a vet.
1: She doesn't look particularly old, but she does look particularly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She doesn't look particularly old, but she looks particularly in control.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll put we'll put it this way. I mean, if you can find out, great. No worries if you can't. But just the, the reason that I was thinking that is that um, Maya Fukuda's approach early on reminded me of pr- pretty much a new sort of. Yeah, basically somebody young and wanting to get the finish early, uh, and Neil's approach was more. You you could tell that she was thinking of the fight as a whole and potentially trying to save some energy. Um, she was doing a lot of counter-punching, so she was letting Maya sort of rush in, um, which obviously was just going to end up tiring Maya out, which I think it definitely did over the course of the fight. Um, and Neil, like I said, was definitely trying to conserve her energy, which she did a really good job of. Um the the iPod, I I gotta be honest at the time I thought that the break felt like it went on for for ages. And yeah. I, and I was sort of questioning it one but I was like, okay, mm. you know, what's happening here? Are they gonna continue? Is she okay to go? Cause there didn't seem to be a lot of sort of communication. It was just silence. Cause normally they'll there'll be like talk between the ref and the fighter, you know, like, can you see? You know, can you continue? If you can't see, just get the doctor in. Um, so it, it just felt like, OK, she got poked. Stop. Um, and, and perhaps maybe again, you know, obviously I, I watch more MMA than kickboxing specifically. So perhaps that is always done. But it, it did feel like that was going on a while. Um, mm. But yeah, like like we said, I mean, you know, Maya was definitely getting tired. Her hands were starting to come down. And, and you know, fair play to now. She had the perfect strategy because if ever you have a tired fighter in front of you, you need to go for the body, and that's exactly what she did, you know, she just continuously just punished her with, like, some strong, really strong knees to the body, you know, she, the, the body shot she was hitting, they were just landing all day long, you know, she had a near finish, Um, you know, she, she came back, and she had she eventually got her, and uh, she was just lighting her up by the end, you know, and, and fair play, you know, I agree with you, Marcus, that, you know, Maya clearly is tough as nails, and has a ton of heart, but, Again, she just she couldn't compete. You know, again, the gas tank was gone. You know, once they started with the body shots, she she was done. So th- th- this was a, in all fairness, this was a really good fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Do you? I mean, we should probably talk. We'll, we'll talk about this after the next fight. But I think the standards jumped up for them since. I mean, it's like was it last September, I think, when you came and talked to us. I like, was January, sometimes, like literally eight months ago, last time you talked to us about like, MMA. Yeah, yeah, And it seems to me like the standard for the fighters is jumped. They seem more competent. Neither one won, but they seem more competent. They seem more confident. They seem better prepared.
0: Yeah, this was this really good. This was really good quality.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the next match, Akihiro Gono, who is a veteran. Um, yeah, like, how can I put this? I think Kevin Kelly said in, the, said in a story the other day, <laughs> it's a commentary on New Japan the other day, in every MMA gym or grappling gym or wrestling gym everywhere in the world, there's an old man in the corner that nobody goes anywhere near. And he looks like Akihiro Gono.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
1: And the reason why is because he's a really dangerous man bastard. Um, <laughs> he had to go up against Tetsuya, Tetsuya Izuchi, formerly of 60 Seconds. Rest in peace, 60 Seconds. Uh, Izuchi seems to have plastic surgery where they've attached the arms of a Clydesdale onto him. Because his shoulders are like three times bigger than the last time I saw him. And I only saw him two weeks ago. Well, I don't know what he did, but he's like the upper body of a horse attached to a man's body, as far as I could tell. And <laughs> this went three rounds. This, went the, this nearly went the distance, but it was very, very good and a thoroughly enjoyable fight. Um, but it was the fact that Gono didn't even bother with the guard for the first round that made me concerned that he knows what he's doing and is his issues in for a very long night. Marcus, what were your thoughts?
2: Oh man, yeah, apparently, uh, just who you on that mahal and gender, that gender mahal juice. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, this is just wow. <laughs> <laughs> this, this kind of speaks to what Matt was talking about, man. You can kind of see it, like, just in his demeanor. Gono, you know, had a level of pause about him that was like, you know, kind of speaks to the quote, I guess you can kind of. Um, I don't know if they were talking about the uh, NBA when I heard this quote. They were like, good players can see the next play, but the great players can see the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that type of deal. And Gono was just, like like you said, the fact that he didn't have no guard and, and speaking of Matt's point about the last match, Suyu was very much aggressive going in trying to, you know, dictate the pace early on. And Gono was just, like, ducking everything, you know, moving nonchalantly. He had such a poise about him. And I was like, oh, this – this might not finish well for oh, my boy. R.I.P. <laughs> so that first round, he was just, you know, filling him out. Got to that, got to that second round. Uh, he it very much was, you know, telling a different story because he very much was countering him. And, uh, I mean, absolutely, like, the definition of stick and move in that second round. I mean, he was catching him clean with just shots and still not having the guard up. And, again, you know, so much heart in, in, in our Glee performance, you know, to, to Sue, you're very much getting peppered, you know, and stuck, but very much sticking it out. And then we get to that third round. And even though it seemed like he was going to get him again, it's the old man that you really just can't get a grasp on. and You don't really want to deal with And Just when you think you got him, you get got. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, it's uh it was almost, you know, elementary five minutes, but a, a good a good five minutes. But, uh, yeah, Gono... Yeah, Gono's on a different gear.
1: Yeah. Ah. It, was, it, it, was, it was brutal. It's, it, was, it was just like, he was trying so hard. This was like... And I think you, Matt has pointed out before that MMA promoters may tend to get veterans in because they might be an easy fight. But then this one was the proof that they're not always an easy fight. In fact, they were probably exactly the wrong person to stick your young fighter in there with. Am I right,
0: Matt? <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, this fight, I mean, in fact, right, I'm just I'm, I'm going to read you verbatim the very first note that I put for this fight. right? And forgive my French, but literally I quote... Gono, the cocky bastard with his hands down, <laughs> is the very first line. I because i, I mean I, I've heard of, of Akihiro Gono, and you know, just, just to give you an idea of his record as well. I mean, good God, you want to talk about a veteran, he's had 69 fights with 37 wins and 20 losses and eight draws. That, I mean, put it this way: in, in for an MMA record. There aren't many fighters who get that many fights. That is a big deal. So, you know, he definitely is the aging veteran in this one. But like I said, the fact that his hands were down from the the word go wound me up a treat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, Tetsuya, I mean, if ever there was an opportunity to, to really go for it, I just don't feel that he did. And he was just... He was giving Akihiro Gono far too much respect in terms of for the, for the power of his punches. Because, like we said, his hands were down. You know, he, he could have tagged him at any point. I mean, as, as we got into round two, it, it just... It began to wind me up even more. Because Gono got incredibly tired. You could see him breathe, starting to breathe through his mouth more. Mm-hmm. And I was just... I was begging Tetsuya to do something. And he just wasn't. He just... It felt like a feeling out process that just went out for far too long. Um, then, by the time we got through to to the final round, I, I don't know if somebody just said going to just go for broke. Uh, and obviously, you know, he did. You know, he, he eventually managed to get the takedown. You know, tr- tried to go for a fair play to him. The fact that he was going for the armbar was amazing. He did get some great strikes to sort of close out. Um, I, if I remember, I'm sure this did go. To, just to double check, I, this went the decision, didn't it? If I remember. Yeah,
2: it did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, real, real quick, Matt. Do you think it was, it was, it was the nonchalantness with the with the no guard that that kind of broke the the mentality of uh, Tetsuya? Because it feels like you said he could have went for it, but it's like he didn't know how safe he was. Yeah, like, he's like so kind of broken. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it may it may be the case of uh, you know, like the. You know his legend really did just just scare the hell out of him. Um, he just gave him far too much respect. I mean, it gets to a point where you know the best thing you can do if you respect you know a fighter in front of you that match is is beat him <laughs> if, if you can yeah. is go for it. And he just didn't. I mean, the you know I, I'm st- I i could not believe that Goda was going for takedowns and like I said that that armbar finish to, towards the end was fantastic. I mean. Looking back at it, I mean, I I'd probably have to rewatch it um, to to really sort of agree or disagree. But the, I'm not sure what how I felt about the decision because whereas Tetsuya wasn't really doing an awful lot, he mm. was pressuring Gono, um, and Gono was on the back foot for the majority of it. The closest he came um, to, like I said, to the finish was the end of the fight, which wouldn't be enough to, in my book, to to give him the win. Um, but yeah it gets to a point sometimes where if you have a fight where you've got both of them virtually doing nothing you have to give points for something and you know i i suppose at least gono you know did hit tetsuya a few times and did catch him clean so perhaps that's how they went with it i'd have to watch it back to say whether or not i agree or disagree with the decision
1: yeah i think so it's like just looking at the end there i mean like the match when the closing stages it's recency bias, isn't it? The closing stages were all going out, so therefore. <laughs> oh, oh
0: <laughs> yeah. Good God, you know, recency bias is such a big thing in, in MMA. It really is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like the two rounds of grinding that Tetsuya had to do to get anywhere. We kind of got done in the last five minutes, the last two minutes, so I should say, because the match runs around five minutes long.
2: Yeah. And God bless him. He was throwing some good shots, but I don't know, it was just ducking him. And it was like, I can't hit him. He won't block. <laughs> like, what is what is going on right now?
1: It's like a sparring session,
0: to be honest. is what Yeah. It
2: felt-
1: yeah, it didn't seem very stiff, did it, in comparison to, like, we've seen there are stiffer wrestling matches on this card in one sense. Um, but, you know, the people aren't trying to hurt one another, whereas they're supposed to be trying to hurt one another, and that didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to some professional wrestling? Why not? Wrestling! Next <laughs> up was a six man tag featuring Isayonetskaya and Yuji Hino tagging with the living legend. We're not allowed to call living legend because he gets very mad when you call him a living legend, Taki Michinoku. <laughs> up against Bulk Orchestra, kazuma Sakamoto and Quiet Storm tagging with Noah regular and former IWGP world's Heavyweight, well, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, former UFC Champion. And general all-round shooter and founder of Pancras, mates with Minoru Suzuki, uh, guy who's like winning record over Ken Shamrock, that kind of good Matsuki Funaki, um, which was which gave us an interesting insight to the crossover between MMA and professional wrestling. After us watching what we just watched, this was thoroughly entertaining. I enjoyed this a lot, but I will enjoy watching Kazuma Sakamoto on Quiet Storm pretty much do anything. Um, its Onitsuka in his full-on annoyance, I am Yan's family mode. Takemichi being Takemichi and Yuji Hino being all that Yuji Hino you could possibly be. This was just a lot of fun. 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Funaki was awesome as well because he's a living legend and he can do pretty much what he likes. So it was a nice mix of the old guys with the regular roster and everyone getting a bit of a shine moment. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this one?
2: It is a rare ethically fan to watch Boko Kesha face off, you know, you know, bite off as much as they could chew, if you will. Um, <laughs> when it comes to opponents, and Quiet Storm running into Hino. Oh, I need a one-on-one from them. Oh yeah,
1: that would be
2: I that would that. be awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I I need that. That to me that made this match. Obviously, like you said, we we could watch Sakamoto and Quiet Storm, or you know, run any number of combinations. But that that showdown between Storm and Hino, because Hino got to the point where he was turning Quiet Storm up um and and you know he usually is already qs is usually already on a certain gear consistently but that was uh that was some good stuff but uh yeah it was, it was also you know cool to see vocal get a, get another win obviously coming off of you know trying to rebuild that momentum and coming off a bit of a in-house controversy um that 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 uh got brought to a head so uh yeah this was this was a fun one but yeah I, i'm definitely gonna need to run a, a solo Singles with, with Storm and Hino. That's
1: yeah. Here's two facts for you. <laughs> Yuji Hino is a freelancer, so that is a possibility. Um for Mr. Suzuki San who owns Glade. If you're listening, you know you retweet the show very often, so we appreciate that. So if you're listening to us, Yuji Hino versus Quiet Storm singles match, Marcus would quite like that. Also, Hino is a brand of truck in Japan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: that makes <laughs> Matt what did you think of this one? Do
0: you know what this was good I'm not going to say that it wasn't good um but there are elements of this which I I personally it's just one of those things that's just not to my taste um particularly with the you know what what I'd like to just call the chop off um it's just one of those spots where oh it, it just does bug me and you know I know it happens in so many other companies and I, and to be fair it's one of those things that the fans just eat it up every single time so I can't blame the you know the performers for doing it because it's clearly something that the fans love but oh I I don't know it's just, just the the very oh you know you hit me I, I'm gonna hit you hard a bit I oh, I, I can't It just for me it, it just, it makes me emotionally switch off. So <laughs> it does take me sometimes a bit of time to get back in touch with it. So when I did see that, I was like, "Ah, oh, okay. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to agree with you in terms of calling Tarker a living legend because my God, was he great in this. And I, I'm not overly familiar with a lot. I mean, I, I know of Tarker, but I haven't seen a lot of his work. So to see what he can do... And I mean, I don't, you know, don't even dare want to ask how old the poor guy is now. But he must be a little bit older um, for him to be able to do what he's doing. You know, still at this level, he's is great. So I mean, for for me, Taka was was the standout.
1: He is he's the same age as me, as <laughs> um, <laughs> which makes him forty nine years old. Because I was forty nine years old this week. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, Tucker Taka is. I've I literally been watching Takamichinoku wrestle now for like literally 30 years. He's one of those guys. And he doesn't do the stuff he does when he's younger, but he doesn't need to. He's he is the, the glue wrestler. You know, he's the manager of just five guys in New Japan pro wrestling. He runs GTO. Um and he, he doesn't wrestle as much for New Japan as he used to, but he's always he's usually there to take the pin. And that's fine because he's a 49-year-old guy. You don't expect him to like. Being able win big, take pinfalls over these young guys, but he's still a glue wrestler that makes the match just flow the way it should. He's a veteran and a ring general in the best sense, and he's a vital guy to have around in Japanese wrestling. And he has done so much for bringing wrestlers up in the business um, and looking after people. And he's doing that for just five guys in Japan now, and I'm very glad he is. Well said. Yeah. Next up. Oh, this is one of the few matches that actually has history that's on this card. It also didn't last very long. So at the last major event, um Michiko Miyagi came back to Glate with her hand-picked mob of violence, AOI, Genai Kai, and Risa Sera. Risa Sera from um uh the deathmatch group uh, prominence. <laughs> the kickboxer, and AOI Aoi from JTO, who's a prodigy of Takumichinoku. And as me and Marcus pointed out at the time is, the trouble is, as heels, they're way cooler than the babyfaces are. <laughs> and we were like, oh, we just want to watch them kick the babyfaces, faces, Edzin. So, you know, Yunagi Sekai and Yukure Hosokawa had some work to do to find a bunch of people to tag with that that, that could really go against this new group which became announced at the press conference on the day before the show on the Thursday as Diamond Egoist um, and boy did they they picked up Kyokyo Inoue wrestling legend from the class of 86 AJW president of Diana Wrestling and Dash Chisako the former senior of Michiko Miyagi and they do not have the best of relationships from down the years as Miyagi said in her Instagram post in recent, recent weeks. So this had a lot of intrigue going for it. We had the birth of a new faction in Glate, and we had a fairly entertaining Joshi match. I just wish it was like twice as long. Six minutes and 35 seconds was not long enough to tell the story that this match needed to tell, but everyone got their shit in. Marcus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I almost felt like the, 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 the introduction beatdown from the last show lasted longer, or it felt like it did. Um yeah. just because it was so much shock and awe and then the, just the, the whole air of it was good. Uh but hell of an interest by Diamond Eagle is um like you said, they still maintain that cool like Machoco uh, is, uh, you know, obviously up to the swag, coming through the crowd, that whole deal with the smoke and whatnot. She's, you know, obviously, you know, evolved her character and whatnot. And, but yeah, this was not long enough, particularly for UI taste. Um there's a lot of energy coming in off here and uh i think i think my favorite particular energy uh in this match was very much coming obviously from um michoko uh michiko and uh dash mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. much had to come back and like i i need to i might have to you know stump out my old my old squad if you will the ones defending the home old squad and and dash because everybody else kind of wanted to do this the code of honor at the beginning and Dash was like, No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so like, you know, this is not this is not this kind of situation. And then obviously Diamond Eagles wanted no parts of it. And then everything kind of had to turn up as the match went on. Um but this is another situation, heads of Glee, you watching I know you are uh it's a good synergy between the true penny show and Glee. You got to give me Dash versus uh Michiko. I need it. <laughs> and, that, and that energy was palpable throughout the match it was it was good and, and obviously the home team the good, the good guys if you will got, the, got it in the end but maybe they can run this back and do an elimination match I think that'll be great but uh, 6 minutes mm-hmm. and 35 seconds for the energy that was coming off of that initial debut nah I'm gonna need a little bit more like I get why things got cut short because also we had the, the big bang at the end but you got to give these women the time
1: yeah, that is, that is the thing. This is, this is the only like, uh, thing I have to complain about this show. This show was damn near perfect. It's one of the best shows I've seen all year, but this was too short. And it was too sh- way too short. Not just too short, it should have been 16 minutes long easily to be able to give everybody to tell the story that they need to tell because this is more complex. If you watch, if you watch the troop, listen to the trooping show, and you see our logo, that logo, is Cassandra, as she was then, Miyagi, tagging with Dash Jusako against British Song Style at the final of King of Trios and Shikara in Birmingham in 2017. I took that picture. I was there on the front right. So, you know, I have been following Miss Miyagi for a very long time, and that relationship between her and Dash is central to this story, and you're absolutely right. There's a big main event if you ever need one. Matt, what's your thoughts on this one?
0: You know, as you guys probably know um, Probably the majority of the wrestling I consume is, is mostly WWE That's not to say that I don't watch anything else But on the whole, by and large WWE is, is the majority of the stuff that I see um, And I would like to implore them And the booking team To watch this match And look at how it's done Yeah Because my god This is how you book women's wrestling this was... I loved this. Um, it was just a blast. I mean, you know, I, I, I do see where you guys are coming from. I mean, particularly if they had, like, a big storyline, you know, more time for it would be, uh, would be great. You know, when you said, Marcus, about an elimination style, sign me up for that. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> all for that one. Um, th- this was just... It, it was just all action. I mean, I, I, for the life of me, I couldn't... Like I said, I could never imagine... WWE doing this with their women, and I just think that they should, because this that would be great. I mean, don't get me wrong; Um, I, I could be absolutely wrong on this one, but I get the impression that not all the talent in this match. Are, I don't want to say that they're not that good, because maybe that's not really fair. Let's just say we have a mix of abilities of talent is what I'm assuming, and it felt like they all managed to at least get something cool in to look great. Um, so for me, I thought that was really good. Um, I, I must admit, as far as remembering names goes in this, my God, <laughs> no! Just I, I mean, I've got notes here like that was a great missile drop kick and a boot by Purple. Um, I've got multi <laughs> coloured powerhouse came in and took everybody out. That's um, Kyokuyo in a way. I can tell you uh, that now. The purple one go. was Michiko Miyagi. <laughs> like I said I just gave up I was like cool oh yeah you know the you know the purple one does this and it, it just it, it helped me get through it but um th- this was a lot of fun um and for me it was it was one of my favorite matches on the show um yeah like I said it was it was just car crashed style you know just start to finish all action <laughs> loved
1: it I've got to get you on I'm gonna find you a joshi show to watch like a proper joshi show from beginning to end like on the big 90s ones that we haven't covered for the for the, and I think you will thoroughly enjoy it same, um, yeah, same yeah. yeah i will i will we'll do that in a couple of weeks i' will, I will get you one because i think and this is the thing every time we show somebody the Joshi in its like natural state yeah like Dara had never watched Joshi before and I asked him to watch a big show from ninety three and he fell in love <laughs> It's the only way to <laughs> describe it. I literally he just said this is the professional wrestling I've always wanted to see.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just crazy. Just start, the, I mean, you know, as so, so soon as the bell goes, they just boom, 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 boom. Um, that,
1: we see that's 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 Joshi. Like, it doesn't happen so much now because the pressure cooker's off. Yeah. But in a situation like this where you've got eight workers, you've got six minutes, steal the show. They will go. <laughs>
2: yeah. <it. laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: will not hold back. Kiyoki, Kiyoka, in a way, who was never my favourite wrestler when I was younger, and I've come around to appreciate it much more now I'm older. She's 54. She's yeah. literally a 36-year veteran or 37-year veteran, 86. Yeah, 37-year veteran. You know, she's been wrestling longer than most possibly people on this podcast have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, she but she again, she's a glue wrestler, she's an incredible trainer, and she knows exactly how to keep people together. You know, and that's kind of like what you need in this kind of match where you were right. I mean, Hosokawa is 18. She's been wrestling for, t- for four years, but she's 18. <laughs> you know, um, AOI is one of um, uh, Takamichi Noku's protégés and she's 21. So, you know, high pressure situation, big crowd, sumo hall. Joshi doesn't go to sumo hall ever, very often. I think TJPW had a couple of shows there. You know, so you've got to make an impression. You've got to do it right. And they felt it and they felt the moment and they tried to steal the show. Bearing in mind what's come when you've got to try and steal the show with Kouturibushi in the main event. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a tall order, isn't it, really? But there you go. So that was it. But yes, let's move on, though. So we've got so much more to cover. Black Generation International, Hartley Jackson, Kei Sato, Kotori Katoru Suzuki, Nutani, Defeated Jack Gartwell, Junjay, Kenta Miyahara, and Shigeru Iri of Stronghearts. Um, this was fun. This was a bit of an all star match as well. Obviously, Black Generation, a bit of a showcase of Black Generation International. Jack Cartwheel um, over for the weekend, I guess. He's probably doing a Japanese tour, so he'll probably have a couple more dates with Glate. Junji is the Chinese wrestler we've seen an awful lot of lately with Glate. Kenta Miyahara taking a day break from his role as an ace of all Japan pro wrestling to come have a match. And Shigeru Iri. A man who me and Marcus described as possibly the best wrestler in the world right now <laughs> last week, and it's not wrong. And he's wrestling Kenta for the Defy World Championship at their next big event. And not Kenta, um, who's he wrestling? Tilfy Tom Lawler, which is going to be awesome. Oh. Tom Lawler is awesome, and well, yeah, Shigo versus Tom Lawler. I watched that definitely. Uh, Marcus, what's your thoughts on this one?
2: As per usual. I like guess it's, it's a, a multi man match of black generation, like yeah,' like it's Harley Jackson involved, like, yeah, it's gonna be a long night <laughs> um, it's, it's gonna be a long night, um yeah, but this was this was just this was good like 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 we always talk about any, any combination of black generation uh, it's, it's great um, and then you know you you got you got a team with Junji who is 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 just unique in and of himself, um you know, Erie is, is the man and everybody expects very much fun. feels like one of those five two players. But this Jack Cartwheel kick. He's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. I'd very much like to see maybe him and in and, and Erie versus uh maybe Jackson and and Utani. Um uh, or or Jackson and, and Saito. I think that could be a great tag team main event for one of the upcoming Glee shows. because uh, he really showed up and showed out here um just doing some stuff just, just, just effortless like um it's amazing to see Junji will will slow things down in the best way and, and and just break things down with the strikes and uh yeah this this was uh a cool eight eight man tag but again like I said if, if Harley Jackson is wrong, it's going to be a long night and it came down to him you know in the in the long run putting putting the final nail in the coffin, if you will, but this was this was a good outing, particularly as a as a bit of a buff, if you will, leading up to the, the last of the matches. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Uh, Harley Jackson last night was tagging with a five foot one Joshi rookie in break cause he's just that good and can do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what did you think of this?
0: Um, do you know I, I pretty much agree with that with what Marcus had to say in regards to to, to Jack Cartwheel. Um, he's probably the one thing that really stuck out to me in this. Um, you know, it's like you, you watch a show and just, there are certain things you can just, you know, you go back to and think that was really memorable. And his performance in this, I mean, that my God, I mean, the athleticism on that guy, the stuff that he was doing, you're absolutely right, Marcus. You know, we just made it look effortless, the stuff that he was doing. Really, really good stuff. and he really impressed me in this. Um, I, you know, but again, you know, going back to because I am absolutely terrible when it comes to remembering Japanese names. Um, just my notes on on some of the people I've got. You know, I've got the the, the pink one comes in, and then the ginger one, <laughs> uh, and then the, then the face paint guy. Um, so, Junji right. so, so, was the face paint guy. Yeah. And Miyahara was the guy in pink. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, short of them having name tags, just um, <laughs> It just would take me forever and a day to, to to try and remember them all, but yeah, like I said, it'd be the the, the ultimate thing for me is you know Jack Hartwell coming out of this. So um, yeah, re- really enjoyed this one, great match.
1: He did have, I think he had a match. He's had a couple of matches for AW this year. He's done a lot of work for GCW, so he's on the rise in the states. Um, that does, doesn't think- surprise me to be fair. But I think the biggest exposure he's had to an international audience has been through great. He's done a couple of tours for them, done some big shows for them. This is another one of his. And clearly, you know, um, they like him and they keep asking him back. So yeah, maybe, hopefully, he gets something a bit more permanent with them. So we'll see how it goes on. And now for something completely different. Um, As we were saying, there is usually an old guy in the corner of the gym that you don't go anywhere near because he's terrifying. they also looks like Shinya Aoki Minoru Suzuki, who were tagging together here in a UWF rules match. Now, Minoru Suzuki was in the original UWF. His mentor, um, Kaseyuki Fujiwara, of the Fujiwara armbar, except he just calls it an armbar, um, was the founding trainer for UWF. So this was in home territory. Interestingly, he was announced from Mission Pancras, because that was the home territory that he... And uh, Funaki founded along with Ken Chamrock uh, many years ago. And they were going up against Fujiti Hayato, a new Iska. Um, and this one went eight minutes to twenty three seconds. Aoki and Suzuki didn't look like losing in this match. They were cruising all the, all the way through and actually put pro wrestling stuff in at the beginning, just just for kicks, to prove to show that the rules. They actually went a point down on purpose just to have some fun with the youngsters. And and then blitz them for for eight minutes and 23 seconds with Aoki getting a a submission victory on Iska, I think it was. What did you think of this one, Marcus?
2: I felt like when Noro looked at uh, Aoki and went, tonight, you're my Zack (laughs) Sabre. Let's let's run those plays. And then they ran that play on poor. Was it you They did the double leg lock on? Yes, Um, it was. It was
1: you, Iska, I think. No, it may have been Hayato, yeah.
2: It was high altitude I was like, oh man then it went down a point I'm like they don't it, it, it that's not the point it don't get bad until the rebel's getting hot I'm like you could just you blowing smoke right now you're not you could you could talk at Minoru, but you're not talking to him because he's not hearing you um yeah, this was good i mean I think my favorite thing obviously you um always uh like to see you uh pick up some some good momentum and he had some here for a bit it was a bit of a false hope if you will. Um, cause he he looked like he had Death Grandpa on the ropes, but that's that's never a real narrative. If you if you know you know, and uh, yeah, he caught him clean with a knee, and as fast as he went down, is as fast as he got up, and you uh, the, put put the poor kid on the on the on a on an early bedtime schedule. So uh, yeah, this is kind of how it goes, man. You put you put rule in in these type of situations, and it's it's about as home as you could get. For, for, for Murder Grandpa. Um, but I always appreciate, you know, the enthusiasm and momentum from some guys like you can get against them. But it's just, at this point, this is becoming a, a hilarious narrative for me and James to watch this because Minoru's been coming in and very much, you know, murdering Grandpa to the fullest, a lot of these guys. And uh, we champion a lot of these guys, but you can, it's hard to boo Minoru because he's so effortlessly entertaining with his evil.
1: So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing to remember, of course, is Fujita Hayato is the UWF champion at the moment. And Minoru Suzuki was licking his lips and looking at that title belt like a cat that just saw a, saw a bowl of cream in the, in the near distance. So we'll have to see how things develop. But Hayato has another match on the horizon. He's also the Michinoki Pro Junior heavyweight champion. And Hiromu Takahashi, the IWGP heavyweight champion, He's shown interest in that little independent belt, and is off to Michinoku to go and fight him for that. So we'll see that how that develops on the Japanese indie scene. Matt, what did you think of this one?
0: Well, apologies, mate, but unfortunately th- this was about as far as I got in, the, in terms of the show. <laughs> it's okay, no problem. You have any comments to make? I tell you what, I will say. I mean, I, I was I was laughing to myself there. Your description, Marcus, of Inoro Sasugi, Efficient, I can't even say it, effortlessly, uh, effortlessly, thank you very much, entertaining with his evil. My <laughs> God, that's a great quote. Like, <laughs> if, if there was like a movie poster with him on that said that, that would just be great. Because I, I was gutted that I didn't get to see this, I must admit, because I, I love Minoru Suzuki. Um, I have seen him live before. It might have been um, possibly WrestleMania weekend a couple of years ago, maybe. I'm not sure, but there's just something about the aura when that guy walks out again excuse my friendship but he's just he's just a scary motherfucker there, <laughs> there's just something about him he just he, yeah you just think this guy is going to kill me and he's he's just he's so great i really love the guy
1: i do too I, he's just he's just awesome I and mean, he fits into Glate perfectly because he can do pro style. He can do um, shoot style. And this was just a really nice way to set up Aoki and Suzuki as the crafty veterans and Hayato and Iska as the up-and-comers, even though Hayato is the champion. And he took a surprising win over Ito last month, but, you know, he's a guy who is, he's kind of the modern day Minoru Suzuki in the sense. He's a guy that is trying to push, he, his t shirt says keep wrestling real, and that's kind of the thing he's been trying to push in Minchinoku Pro and in wrestling in general. Um, he had a, a kind of really raised his game this year because there's been so much more, thanks to Hiro Takahashi and Desperado, you know, who've been trying to elevate junior heavyweight wrestling in all of the companies by going and doing the Junior Heavyweight Festival that's, that was this week in, in the States and the Junior Heavyweight Festival that was in Japan earlier in the year and they invited all the juniors from Dragon Gate and from all Japan and from Noah to come and have a big party. You know, it's like the 90s again. <laughs> Everybody likes each other. Let's have some cool matches. And that doesn't happen very often in pro wrestling in Japan, much to the chagrin of wrestling fans, but there you go. Next up, we get back to some serious business. Voodoo murders, Yun Sayato and Rei Saito. We're defending their G-Infinity Tag Team Championship against Bulk Orchestra, who, after a powwow on the tactics, sent the monsters. Jelena Del Mar and Raichu Kawakami, they were accompanied by Kazuma Sakimoto and Quiet Storm. This went for 14 minutes and 55 seconds, but Ryuichi Kawakami's luck run out again. Ryuichi Kawakami has not won a match since he came back from injury just after Christmas. So one would suggest he was not necessarily the guy to send into a tag team title match. Just saying. However, Bork Orchestra's biggest fan is here and he can justify that decision for me. Marcus.
2: Yeah, long night. Long (laughs) night. Um, Harder Jackson. It's a longer night with Galeno Del Mar. You know, he's, you know, for, for... Man, he's basically like a um, a kaiju luchador. This is we <laughs> can somebody who don't, who don't know. Um, and yeah, look, we I get, I get think me and James been calling for these guys to be dethroned out of these titles all, almost since they got them in a way because it's kind of like you know just two big oak trees just kind of like like uh oh, we got the belts. Um and we just loved what Bulk did with them, but. James' point, this was probably not the combination, mostly because you throw maybe quiet storming, and this does go a different way because essentially the game plan had to be you take out Galeno, and essentially you, you kind of just had it in there, even though obviously Sakamoto and quiet storm was, was with him. It is quickly becoming now that, you know, with the combination of vocal orchestra, you almost have to leave Kawakami out because – you know his his track record does not speak for itself. Even though I think didn't he get the win over Quiet Storm? from that? no, no, Quiet Storm from no. that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Quiet Storm from that one did. But but you know Quiet Storm, and it's funny because now you're looking back on it, it's like Quiet Storm was almost right, and and like even though he got the win, it's was like, this guy's still not like up to par with what we need to get our faction back right. And now again another loss, and this was potentially the one of the best combinations to beat these guys. So, yeah, Voodoo Murders are still on top. Uh, Match is about as good as you thought it was gonna be, and uh, you you got you gotta give it you gotta give it to Kawakami. He took a beating, but it's like we we needed another gear, and he just didn't get there. No, nope. that's that's the trouble. So the belt stay in All Japan Pro
1: Wrestling with Voodoo Murders. Man!
0: <laughs> 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 Apparently, you're not a fan of
1: that. They're not like abysmally awful, but I've yet to see them have a match that lasts longer than 10 minutes that I can pay attention to. Because, <laughs> how can I put this? If you think about the classic big guy teams like the Skyscrapers or even the Legion of Doom or, you know, those teams, all yeah. their matches lasted six minutes. Yeah. And even in Japan, like, the big team, I mean, like, all right, Stan Anson and Brody and Stan and the Doc and Gordy, their matches went 20 minutes, but they had the talent to make the matches last 20 minutes. These guys don't. (laughs) (laughs) They should come in, destroy people, leave. If they're spending anything longer than six minutes in the ring, they're wasting the time.
2: Yeah. You know, and 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 for us, James, honestly, I think, I think we really got spoiled because it, it really was to the point where if the, the Infinity Belt was not main event and you can easily throw the tag badges at the main event with, with vocal Kestra. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um,
2: that's not the case right now.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, Hayato and Sheikh Shumatani were arguably the best tag team I've seen all year. They may have been better than FDR. Just wow. In their, yeah, they're that good. But they work for Glee. <laughs> you know what I mean they, they they were they were as good as Bishimon in New Japan have been they were as good as um, Aussie Open have been and they had a title reign that lasted like 14 months and they just had banger after banger after banger consistently and so now we've got these guys
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know it's like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I know the heels you are not supposed to like them but when you're used to like edge of your seat thrillers yeah. and it just doesn't happen, it's like, oh, all right then, thanks try trying, lads.
0: <laughs> Such a great tag team name, though. I love their tag name.
1: Voodoo Murders.
0: That's great. It,
1: it's been a faction in all Japan since the 90s, I think. The first time I heard of them was Kensei, Kensuke Sasaki was having a feud with them and brought his wife out of retirement. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Uh, his wife is Akira Hokuto. You know Eddie Kingston's finisher, the Northern Lights Bomb. Yeah, she invented that. Oh well. Wow. Yeah, and she was she was the person who popularised it. And then Sasaki took it on as his finisher as a tribute to his wife. Um, oh, and Hokuto is the, the scariest, one of the scariest wrestlers I've ever come across. Not just not because she was like shoot tough. She was just tough, like. She, I think it was 88, she broke her neck in a three-fall match and wrestled the other two falls, visibly holding her head in place. <laughs> <laughs> she was That's, that tough.
0: That sounds disgusting, yet something that I want to watch. At the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Her and... it was her roster, I think. Yeah, had just won the bouts. She wasn't interested in losing them and they were going up against a junior team who had just got out of the dojo and she was not interested in losing. But even then, after the coaches suggested it be a good idea, as you have a broken neck to drop a fall, yeah, <laughs> she eventually God. gave in, yes. I mean, could angle eat your heart out <laughs> I yeah. She, she just... I, that was She was supposed to win the wrestling Grand Prix in 1990. She was booked to win. And in the opening match against Manami Toyota... She did a crossbody off the top rope to the floor over the guardrail. Oh. But caught her knee on the guardrail.
0: Oh, that sounds rough.
1: And she limped into the ring, and the owner of the company had to stop her wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, one of the Matsunaga brothers had to get her in the ring and say, You cannot do this. You will end your career if you do any more damage to yourself. You, you you can't you just can't, she was just that tough and it, I mean like she, she had a knee injury once she was challenging Aja Khan for the world championship in the main event of uh, a Yokohama arena show and she injured a knee and before the match started she, uh, she requested that it become a non-title match because she didn't want to ruin the prestige of the championship by having a bad match
2: <laughs> oh, wow <laughs>
1: She is the toughest wrestler ever. I don't care what anyone ever says. Akira Hokuto is a god amongst human beings. <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, um, let's just move on. <laughs> I've got to show you. I've got to show you an Akira Hokuto AJW card from the nineties. Now I've got. I've got I'm, I'm lining in. I know what I'm going to show you, Matt. Keep of
0: the list. Goes. It's all good.
1: <laughs> Next up, Kallakant Shima, Kazayashi Minoru Tanaka took on uh Atsuki Aoyagi of old Aoyagi I should say of old Japan Pro Wrestling Hiromu Takahashi of new Japan Pro Wrestling and Jun Tonsho of Great 10 minutes and 27 seconds it was thoroughly entertaining old guys versus new guys junior heavyweight style match Tonsho for reasons best known to himself was being a bit of a dick towards the visitors specifically Hiromu Takahashi how can you not like Hiromu Takahashi he has a stuffed cat Um, anyway but aside from that this was a blast this was just loads of fun it was just junior heavyweight legends wrestling junior heavyweight future legends I thoroughly enjoyed it it was a blast completely meaningless just a ton of fun what do you think of this one Marcus
2: oh yeah everything you said Um, it was it's been a while since I've watched anything consistently with New Japan so it was just great to see Hiromu again in his full regalia um uh, uh, Ayagi, Ayagi and and Show. particularly Show was like, like you said. I guess he, you know, I guess felt the way against Aromo, which again, I don't know how you can like Aromo, uh, uh, but he was. I almost felt like the way he was going in the match. I'm like, is this contract up or something? <laughs> I <Like, he, laughs> like he, he felt like he so something to prove, and I get it because at this point, like you said, I mean Romo is a is a living legend right now. Um. Yeah, but, but, I and game, particularly Tonsho was definitely, uh, putting a foot on the gas with what they were doing. And, and again, the OGs kind of just well, stalled them out and, and got to the, you know, got them divided in the end and, and kind of broke them down and kind of proved why they are still, you know, that, that particular trio in the, in the, uh, in the company that, you know, particularly Tanaka and, uh, that you just can't really underestimate I don't care against what combination you put them against particularly when they're younger guys it's just star wars man it kind of remind me of um you know if you if you had i guess tanahashi and I say maybe an Ishii and uh, uh and a blue justice you know mm-hmm. in that way you can you know that's that's a lethal combination I don't care what age and you put on you know you'd put those three guys against anybody but uh yeah, I don't think the room took too much pressure. He was still smiling after the match, but I very much think to your point, James, more cohesion could have potentially yielded a different result. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's there's an interesting back and forth a lot of these shows when it's come to visitors to Gleet and, and how those those wins, losses go. So I think Tom Show was just not in the mood to be showing up in any way. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that cost him the match ultimately.
1: Uh, I'm going to get Matt's opinion on Hiromu's entrance gear, because you're going to see that in a second, Matt. Uh, and I want your honest opinion, because this this jacket has been intriguing me. There's John Tonsho, you can see, with the pencil moustache. There's Aoyagi, uh, the former All-Japan World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Matt, what do you think of this?
0: I, just, I can't see anything, mate. <laughs> are,
1: you not, are you not shared at the moment? I can't see a thing. Oh, okay, then. I do apologise. How is not sharing. Why is not it not sharing? Because I've not been looking on here. That's
0: stuck a message at the chat. Just to there you think. go. That better.
1: That's that's the reason why. There we go. I'll I'll let you see that again then. I All thought right. I got this shared so everyone could see it. There you go. What do you think of this? Uh, hang on. No, still not seeing anything. Oh, okay then. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, it, it's basically a peacock as a yeah. ring jacket with eyes coming over his head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Hang yeah. This is why Google is your friend, people
1: Yeah, Hiromu Takashi Entrance, key, entrance jacket, eyes Just getting random other peacock jackets <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, apparently, are all the rage <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright then, we'll move on from there You got anything to say about this match?
0: No, again, no, like I said, unfortunately didn't get a chance to see this one, sorry, mate
1: it's alright, no problem. Let's move on to our semi-main event. T-Hawk successfully defended the G-Rex Championship against Hayato tomorrow. 25 minutes and 52 seconds. This was a blistering pace. This is definitely the best match of T-Hawk's reign. Some may have argued that T-Hawk has not necessarily been the blistering flag-bearer that he was in the last 12 months when he was like trying to persuade people from New Japan Pro Wrestling to come to Gleet to challenge him. Um, and that he, nah, I, would just, I would agree to an extent. The match quality has been great, but he's not been the flag barrier that, say, El Lindemann was as champion, or even, to be honest with you, as uh, Keiichi Ushida has been for Black Generation. t rocks a great champion, but I think he needs to get himself out there a bit more as the G-Rex champion. Um, but the actual match quality, cannot complain about. And Hayato Tamora wrestled his heart out in this match tomorrow is just a wonderful main event worker uh like we said with chip shimitani he's one of the best tag teams of the last 12 months and the whatever situation they put tomorrow in he just shines over and over and over again it does help T-Hawks a veteran he's championship material but surely tomorrow has to get a belt, a singles belt long term in the same way we were talking about shikahiro iri last week um it just Put this, put a championship belt on this man sooner rather than later because he's just that good. And this match was just an exemplary, exemplary, just exemplary. It was. I can't really say him better than that. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, everything you said, my friend. Um, really, I mean, you know, we've been talking about, you know, how Ayato for a while now. You know, he, you know, obviously we just got to praise him as a tag, you know, tag team former um, tag team champion. I feel like he put all that energy into this, this singles and treated it uh, like so. And then T-Hawk, I wonder to your point about T-Hawk, if, if he's lacking a b- bit of a of a narrative because obviously he's been one of the best guys in the company, you know, growing as a singles guy and then eventually got to the mountaintop, if you will, but Linderman felt like Gleet's every man. And then obviously traveling all over the place, putting putting the the, the uh, himself and obviously the brand and the title out there. Um, Saito was obviously in the midst of taking over Glee with his faction as he became champion. And T Hawk doesn't necessarily have any of that right now. Mm. Uh, he's got good match like the match quality is undeniable. I think he's obviously been pushing a lot of his opponents obviously to elevate um, in a way as we got with Watanabe and and, and you know that last ball. Um, then obviously here with Ayato. But out, outside of that, you know, like I said, maybe there's something else or maybe there's an opponent that can come in and kick up some dust. I mean, hell, after what we're about to get to, there may be a potentiality to, to say that the the last man standing in the last match may be somebody that want to step up and that could bring some other eyes um, and a potential level of aggression, if you will. But we'll see. But again, this was... again ended up booking a double main event because this was just 25 minutes and 52 seconds worth of a rewatch if i ever saw one so
1: yeah i mean it's um cage match users give it 7.58 which will tell you how good it was you know um and jeff just i think this is the thing i mean matt you haven't seen match but um you must have thought about like champions that don't quite gel is yeah, there yeah. any way to get out of that hole for them?
0: Um, mm, what does it mean against champions that don't sort of work together?
1: Yeah, to champions that are, that have great matches but don't necessarily carry anything further forward for the company.
0: Do you know, again, like I said, I hate to go with the WWE comparison, but again, that's, seeing as that's the one they watch the most, it kind of reminds me of Austin Theory. Yeah. At the moment, um, who's you know he's been the U.S. champion for a while now, and God knows they they've thrown everything at the wall for him to see what sticks. And you know, he's, any person who gets a win over John Cena these days is going to be looked at favorably. But it's just an experiment. I just don't think it's working. There's something that's not quite clicking. Um, and do you know what I mean? As long as they they've you know they've given they've given them a go as best they can. I think at sometimes it's best just to to cut your losses and move on and if, if that's the case here that you know they are just not working with the belt then i just think yeah you, you need to drop it and, and go with somebody else instead
1: i think this is the thing. there's nothing wrong with hawks t hawks match quality and there's been a nice killer instinct about him since he became champion but he seems to have lost the verve <laughs> <laughs> and yeah heavy is the heavy is the 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 head that wears the crown and all that but it it is seem like it gave Lindemann life to be the G-Rex heavyweight champion. I was the G-Rex champion. Whereas T-Hawk seems to be wearing it like a curse. <laughs> a lot of the time is like, he's not happy at press conferences. He doesn't seem to be happy in tag matches. He just, you know, a guy that never stopped smiling for the first year in the company, now all of a sudden is miserable constantly. So I just, it just doesn't seem to be like, I'm not sure if it was like, things weren't working with the shooters, so they went for a change of direction too soon. But Ishida's been great and he's one of the best character wrestlers in the company. So I don't quite not there's anything wrong. And I I hate to like dismiss Hawk because his match qualities are great. And in a company like Glate, that's kind of all that should matter. If you're producing exciting matches, Glate's built around that. But like Marcus said, if there's no narrative driving those great matches, one tends to feed into the other.
2: Yeah, and it's it it also is crazy because he he's a he's a like you said, a, a great champion in terms of earring in a time where it's almost narratives around him in the, in the company that's that's uh, almost taking the attention away. You got the women who uh, are obviously in the, in the midst of, of some good stuff right now. We don't lost 60 seconds. Volko orchestra is in a bit of disarray. Um, who would have thought that, you know, Kota Ibushi would have would have cultivated the type of unity that he did uh in, in the company and then you got you know you got some other stuff uh you know transpiring uh in, in terms of the, you know some of these factions get more momentum so it's it's an interesting thing I, like i said i wonder if it'll take potentially him getting knocked off and um having to get back up maybe this is one of those scenarios and i know you know matt seen this a lot where it was the thing where the guy finally got it and it was like damn i liked him more as a challenger
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: he was chasing it, he was the man, and now he's the man. And I'm like,
0: oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said for it. Sometimes, let's face it, you know, sometimes the chase is far more entertaining than when the guy gets at the top. You know, it, it's just how it goes with Sam.
1: I think there's, there's a line in Nick Cormie's book, I think it's high fidelity where he says, Sometimes you buy a t shirt from a shop, when you get home, you realize it's not as good because it only looked good because it was with its, all, all of its mates on the shelf. <laughs> 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, then we'll move on to the main event. Now, this was announced a month ago, and the whole world went, Whoa! The main event for this match was an all star cast from the whole of Puroresu. Uh, we had Yumiheite Imanori Imaneri from Ganabre. We had Shuji Ishikawa from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Haganeo Shino, who is a freelancer. And Daisuke Sekimoto, the man who made Big Japan Pro Wrestling, a serious wrestling company, tagging with Kota Ibushi against the Great All-Stars from Bulk Orchestra, Shek Shimatami, L. Linderman, Kaito Ishida from the leader of Black Generation International, Soma Watanabe, and Takanori Ito uh, from Yan's Family. Factions put aside for the evening just to have a banger of a match. Elimination tag, 35 minutes long. And they tore the house down from top to bottom. This was just breathtaking professional wrestling. I, I, the story of the match was essentially the great guys trying to catch up because they were pushing it against size. Ishikawa was a very large gentleman <laughs> <laughs> and he takes some shifting about. Imanari Am- is not small. And they went after it. And it was just great to watch. And it boiled down to. Uh, Ishikawa and Bu- Ibushi versus Alinda and Keito Ishida and it was just breathless just absolutely breathless just tons of moments in the match most celebrated was the fact that of course it's Coach Ibushi it's his first match Jack in Japan since the last time we saw him when he face planted himself from a um, sky twister press uh, by missing Kazuchika Rikada by a foot and hospitalizing himself for six months. So what's the obvious thing to do after that? Well, why don't you do a moonsault off the balcony at Sumo Hall? The move that made you famous for getting DDT kicked out for three years. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Because you're Kota He was also announced as from the Coach Ribushi, um Pro Wrestling Laboratory. Because... He's currently on No fixed Wrestling about. Um so he's gone back to his roots of the the Wrestling wrestling and Science Research Institute that he developed to make pro wrestling better, because um, he's Koobushi, and, you know, he's Koobushi. Well, I can only say he's Koobushi so many times, but you, you, you know it's Koobushi, so he can do what he likes, because he's Koobushi. Who is he again? Um, Karabushi, because <laughs> he's in because <laughs> he's like it's the obvious wrestling move for Kotrabushi. I've just come back from a massive main event in from a huge stadium, um, in uh, I can't remember where it was, tagging with to reform the Golden Elite. So I'm going to go back to Japan and wrestle for Glate because why not? Um, and Glate very sensibly went, Yes, of course you may. I <laughs> will give you this crew of excellent workers to work with. Against this crew who are like the cream of the crop of the organization. And they did what they had to do, and they had one of the best matches we've seen all year. Um, Marcus, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you know, just obviously everything you said, but I kind of just let this match wash over me like a tidal wave of, of uh, epicness.
0: <laughs>
2: it was like Matt. You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not too far behind, Matt. I, I mean, obviously, I've had the, the the pleasure and the honor to, you know, in a length of time to watch it more, so I'm more familiar with the names. But I wasn't as familiar with the names that got brought into this match from Coda's side, so I just kind of caught them in the beginning, tried to potentially match a name with a particular maybe build or hairstyle, and then kind of go, go from there and try to remember throughout the match. But as things got going on, I just kind of let it wash over with me. I just enjoyed it for what it was. And also, like you said, a bushy Abushi, a bushy. And uh, it was interesting because I, I, I too watch a lot of, uh, primarily WWE uh, and other stuff along with Matt. And uh, they kind of had a couple of, you know, those big WWE match moments where it's like, okay, the guy's going to go up top. He's going to stall. He's going to jump down on everybody. What everybody else doing? Kind of hugging like they're around a the little campfire. And they're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and they're waiting. And, and Glee's really usually really good about that because, you know, they you know, they have guys that just kinda hit the stuff so fast you kinda just only had time to get up off your feet. Uh so this worked here and obviously you don't want Coda to hurt himself or anything. But then they did something we rarely see in Glee. They did like a tower of power. Yeah. And I was just like, Okay, they just having fun. I can't even I can't even watch this too closely at this point. We never see a tower of power. Um mm-hmm. In, in, in Glee. Uh, so, yeah, it it was fun and it's not lost on me that with everything that we've seen. Uh, with this, like I said, this crazy form of unity that we got that we would have never been able to call before After This Man got announced that it was Saito as the last man standing as the hero standing up for Glee. The man who led a faction that essentially held the company with a dark cloud over it for months as they were taking over. Was essentially damn near the prevailing hero uh, for the company, with everybody else backing him around the ring. Uh, and you know, as good as he is, when you get pepper with them dog on knees from bushy, it's just it's kind of all she wrote. So uh, yeah, it it was just great, epic main event every sense of the word. And I think my favorite part, once it was over, was the was the overhead shot with everybody around them as they were both laid out in the ring. How was that? Mm. Uh, that was great.
1: Yeah, it, it just, it's the kind of level of epic storytelling that you get in, in Emperor Um, And I can't complain at 35 minutes because they told such a great story. You know, they just did so much stuff. And and it really established people like Soma Watanabe and Keito Ishida as well. I mean, we we know how great Kato Ishida is. And he's got all his work in Dragon Gate mm. to go back on to show. Here's videotape for the last 10 years to show you how great he is. But to the Gleet yeah. fans, he's, they've established him as someone who isn't necessarily to be hated anymore. He's, he's stood up for Gleet at their darkest hour and that's kind of like endeared him to the audience and now they can go in different directions with Black Generation International because he isn't just the guy that held the company to ransom and broke up 60 seconds. He's hes you know, a guy that's willing to put it on the line for the company he works for. Yeah.
2: It was, yeah. Uh... Also, a great picture because it was like bringing it kind of full circle. Because you know, obviously, watching things from the beginning, it's like, look at the team of guys that's been cultivated since you've been watching this from the very beginning. You got uh, Watanabe, you got Saito, you got Ito, you know, obviously, you got Linderman. And you know, look at all these guys you can root for, even if you're not, even if they're not necessarily in the best of lights. These are the guys that will always stand up for the company, no matter what. So, that was uh that was just great to see. And uh yeah, it's just gonna be amazing in the future seeing where they go from Because of just the fact that they even got that lineup and that that was like I said, guys on Bush's side that I wasn't even aware of, but you know, coming into it, talking about who was they gonna get to go against Glee Super Team and he pulled together a hell of a team. So Yeah, yeah. It it was
1: it was really good booking for the guys that were available for them to do this match, you really couldn't pick the better squad because um, you had a mix of flyers and big guys and you know from different companies you're trying to like see who's available because people obviously don't want to give up their top guys in the match of this importance because someone's got to get pinned <laughs> so the amount, the amount of politics they must have gone through to get this group of guys together to be able to you know because you've got to have a bunch of guys that are kind of like Kotobushi standard you can't have a bunch of guys tagging the Kotobushi who are a bit shit <laughs> they've got to go and then you've got to have guys that you are willing to not worry about being pinned. And, it, yeah. It, oh, I, 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 Suzuki-san, whatever you did, thank you so much. Just thank you. And, yeah. Matt, I know you didn't see this match. What are your any thoughts on the overall show of what you did see? I know you said it's a breath of fresh air compared to what you normally watch. But what what do you like about Glade? And what draws you back to it when we say, hey, come do a Glade show with us?
0: Do you know, I think it probably is the fact that, that it is such a variety, and um, you know, th- there's different things you're going to get from it. And um, you know, I, I'll make no, no bones about it. I mean, pr- probably today, I'd say pr- I probably um, would say that I prefer MMA over pro wrestling. So f- for me, it is great that I get to see a bit of that. i um, sort of you know in- entwined with both. Um, but I think they, like the, the way the show is done, it's just it's a it's usually it's a very easy watch um you know like i, I you know like any variety of matches in terms of the length as well like i feel they don't overstay their welcome um whereas just you know, these other shows i watch were just uh again you know sometimes hours long and like long segments in between like they're just the match length and quality is just not great um there's just the so you know like i said the production you know the quality of the stuff. it's honestly i, I really really do enjoy uh watching Glee shows, fair play. And this, this was another good example.
1: I mean, this is it. I mean, they, they did have a bit more production values for this show because obviously they're at Sumo Hall. But essentially, most of their shows are two camera shoots with no commentary. And they're still watchable. I know you tend to prefer shows with commentary. Did the Japanese commentary help you follow the matches better? Do you know what? It, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, because to me, if I'm watching a Japanese show with Japanese commentary, it's a bit like uh, instrumental music. Yeah. Like, I don't have to understand what's going on to enjoy it, if that makes sense. And
0: it helps me yeah. with the beats of the match and stuff. Yeah, t- t- totally get it. And in all fairness, I can understand that. But yeah, yeah, just, just for me, it, no, it doesn't necessarily help. But, you know, it's one of those that, all oh, honesty, I, I guess to the point where I get so into the show there, I don't even realise you know, that there's, there's no commentary. So I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the quality
1: of a really good product. Because if I'm not even noticing it, then, you know, job done. Happy days. There you go. Marcus, where the Glake go from here? And do they go back to Sumo Hall? Do you think they've got enough gas to get that there for the same event next year? Or do you think they should stick to Corican and try and pack it out?
2: Yeah, I man, I think you can go either way. I think more so, like you said, I think just the names that they got from the places that they got them from, you know, that that speaks to a level of credibility that they built over, you know, the course of, you know, however many years. Mm. and months and obviously that you know that's not only good business that's good word of mouth coming from performers that they've had and and you know going to spread the word about how great of a place they are the talent that's there uh the consistency that they're putting out um i I think they can you know pack out little shows i think they can go back and, and and do a big show i think um like i said this was this was a proving ground as much as it was a point for them to put on this this great show with everything that they built um and all the momentum and all these stores that we've been talking about um but again, they just got to stay consistent and that's probably the 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 most you know consistent compliment we can give them is that's that's what they do they keep their roster very very concise and very you know um Tight in, in that regard, and then call in some great names when they need to. That you a lot of times don't maybe not even see coming. in the bookings. Great, the the title scene is is you know fire. Even the belts look good, which some, some companies cannot claim. But um, yeah, I think I think sky's the limit. You know we've been watching this company slowly go from a crawl to, you know, to a run to an outright you know sprint. So. You know, I'm just looking forward to seeing everything. And again, as we always say in the, to the end of the show, shows like this, one of the best shows you're going to get all year, is free. Yep. Uh, which, free which, is, which is nuts. Which is nuts. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's just brilliant what they're doing. I think for me, what I'm seeing even more so, and I know that that speaks to the growth, I'm seeing more English comments in the comments section. Mm. Mm. Definitely. So that's that's you know, and speaking to the to the reach because i know i know it because i've joined the comment section you know calling <laughs> constantly i've coined it it's the gleach streak like they're not missing it's the gleach streak so yeah um yes yeah. it's just been great to, to watch that both growth and be a part of it and, and help in that growth you know
1: yeah that's great and it, it's been amazing to watch the company grow and we're so glad we discovered it and can try and bring you every show we possibly can and i will be honest with you i look back on the stats of the true and show this year the biggest shows we've done have been about Glate, which will tell you how the growth of the company. So there you go. All right, then. Well, that's covered us for Glate for this week, and that was the Megaverse show, which was which you must go and see. We will put the link for the YouTube uh, in the comments on the Twitter and ones have you. Mr. Roberts, thank you very much for joining us today. So we appreciate your help no end. Where can we find you on the Internet? Thank you very much, James.
0: I very much appreciate the opportunity to join you. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, as always. Um, You can find my many ramblings on, oh, do you know, I'd like to say Twitter, but I suppose you have to call it X these days. We we call
1: it the Hellscape.
0: Do you know what? That's probably a good, uh, accurate description (laughs) for it as well. Um, Because there's absolutely no way on earth I'm going to say you'll find me at X because I'm not a dick. Um, But there we go. (laughs) Uh, You you can find me on Twitter at at mattrob (laughs) 90 Um, like I said, you know, I do podcasts with the uh, Random Wrestling Review as well. So, one of you be talk some random, you know, some random, you know, Matt musings and uh, some some occasional MMA talk uh, with, you know, just occasional bit of video game knowledge thrown in every now and again. Twitter is where you'll find me, Matt rob ninety.
1: There you go. I um, was a meme I saw today? Was Elon Musk keeps saying stop calling it Twitter from a person who dead names their own child.
0: <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey. But there you go, Marcus. Where can we find you on said hellscape or Elon's traveling circus of mediocrity?
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, glad I got to make the show. Thank you, Power Grid, for holding up. Um, <laughs> always great to talk about Gleek. Great, even better to be on here with Matt, you know, with, with his, his amazing commentary on stuff, even if he didn't see it. <laughs> um, so just always you're too, you're too kind hey. my
1: friend you're too kind <laughs> hey you're okay. not going to believe what we do next and you'll find out about that before we do this but carry on Marcus
2: <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah you, you can find me on, on that hellscape of, of a place that I love. I'd almost rather be a cellmate to, to Dominic Mysterio uh, <laughs> just, to, just to potentially see what that looks like but uh, yeah you can find me on, on you know um, Elon's ego trip at Paradox Kid P-A-R-A-T-O-X-K-I-D always down the chat
1: okay you can find me at Twitter yeah Twitter at Sheriff Star. you can find me on uh, Instagram at Sheriff Star TX you can find the show Your Show on Twitter and on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook and Patreon as The Troopany Show Uh, we'll be back next week not sure what we're covering yet but the G1 Climax Final happens this week so I'm guessing we'll probably be covering that We'll see. <laughs> Probably something else going on as well. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to us today. I believe we are in the kind of era of our um, ooh, eighth anniversary, I think. He does the maths. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our eighth anniversary, 2015. Yeah, eighth anniversary. I'm not really sure. We'll do something special later in the summer for that. Um, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening to the show today. We'll be back with today at the Troop, today at G1 Climax throughout the week. As we're winding up towards the final, um, and we're going to go and record a today at show
2: now. So take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.